All good? Yep. Beautiful. We're rolling. Thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll just get right to it. Oh, for people listening, we're speaking with Cameron McAdoo today. Uh, one of the main things that I've always noticed with you was you have a really, really impressive work ethic. So I've been waiting a long time to ask you, but <laughs> where's that come from? I know you're from Iowa, correct? Yep. Okay, to cut you off again, but uh, Iowa's always been known for some really, really good wrestling. That's yep. where it's a dream for a wrestler to go to Iowa and then from there to the Olympics. So we always pay attention to that. So we always know those dudes from there are bad. And it looks like in the motocross side, <laughs> there's no exception there. So where'd all that come from? Yeah, totally. Um, I think I, I mean, I gave it most of it to my parents. Like that was the way I was raised. Um, that's the way both my parents have lived their lives, right? So um, there was kind of no other option than to whatever you do do you you work your ass off for it so did you start moto in a young age or yeah i did um my neighbors down the street had a dirt bike and my sister actually wanted one so that was kind of where it started and and uh she got a dirt bike and then i asked my dad if i could get one when we were headed to the shop to uh get parts for hers and i was like three and he was like yep if they have one that fits you we'll get it and, you know like there's no way they make a dirt bike for a three-year-old yeah and uh sure enough there was a jr50 sitting there so that's kind of where it all started and and really growing up like i lived in iowa like you said so we went to public school and and uh yeah we rode five six months a year and then it snowed the other part and we did it as just for fun right Mm and we we chased some of the nationals and wanted to be good and and uh but it was more so just like a, a big family thing that we did together and my parents did everything they could to have us the best bikes we could have and stuff like that and we had an rv and we just um it was what we did as a family it wasn't really uh ever a thought to maybe it was a thought but it was very far-fetched right to be one of the best at it or to make a career of it that was that was kind of something that you would never even think was possible so i think a lot of people sometimes ask me like when you were younger did you think it was possible and um or did you think you'd be able to make it this far and i didn't even think of that like that wasn't really in the cards like maybe the highest level for me or for what i would have thought would be to get a team green ride as an amateur right or you know um i thought arena cross those guys were that's what i looked up to so like the thought of professional supercross if I would have thought of that when I was on a 65 or an 85, that's kind of, um, it wasn't even a thought. So that was kind of, it's kind of funny the way my, my, uh, racing career is gone. Um, but yeah, that's back to the work ethic thing. I I think I just, I really credit that to my parents and, um, it even shows, you know, my sister, she's in the U S Navy and she's, uh, she works on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier. So she's, I always say that if I could be, a quarter of as badass as she is then i'd be i'd be a really good person <laughs> that's pretty rad so it's in the jeans in yeah totally <laughs> yeah there's um whether it's jeans or the way you're raised or there's just no other option you know that's yeah. kind of the way we just live our lives now what would your folks do while you were growing up uh, my dad's a construction superintendent so mm-hmm. he runs um huge crews that now he does uh like additions on uh packaging plants or 
you know, Tyson foods and like huge, you know, concrete additions or steel. And so he's a construction superintendent. And my mom, um, she was, uh, when I was younger, she was a general estimator for a large construction company. So she would do the estimates to build Walgreens or Walmarts and those types of things. And then I think when I was probably 10, um, she quit doing that and got into rental properties and uh, owned rental properties. And then for a little while, she bought and sold houses. And so growing up, that was how I made a few bucks here and there was to go work on rental properties or or how I got the opportunity to go to the track or you know go fishing or do something fun. It was get up and go mow some properties before. <laughs> there you go. So then family's always been hard work hustling and getting yeah. the job done. Yeah, totally. All business. And, and it, like, I don't like to like make it seem like I grew up just, you know, my family just working so gnarly and these crazy, like, you know, childhood. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, that was, I lived on an acreage and we had a blast. Like, I rode my bicycle, rode dirt bikes all the time and we had a blast. But in order to go do fun things, like, you just, we worked first, right? On the weekends, like, if my sister and I wanted to go fishing, it was all good yeah we'll go fishing but like we're gonna mow the yard and do this for a couple hours and that was just kind of the way we just grew up and knew things and i think it it kind of is able to show because i I don't i don't really even really enjoy anything that doesn't really take some sort of an effort yeah yeah i was talking to one of my buddies about that the other day that for me growing up i was never the best at anything I always had the most enthusiasm, wanted to be a part of this or part of that, but never that good at anything. The only thing that I was ever the best or confident that I knew that I had on anyone was, was suffering. So if if it meant that there was some sort of suffering in it, I, I was all in because I always want to see, you know, we go out in the deep end and see, you know, who's got what. And you learn a lot about the people around you. And if anything... Uh, whether it's athleticism or your genetics or your build or whatever, the suffering side is a, is a mental thing. So you can have the guy that you, that you would least expect to be durable, you know, go and just impress the heck out of you. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, suffering is obviously a huge part of what we do for a living, but um, I don't think that that's something that anyone can call genetics or talent or skill or or any of those things right i think any one of us can have the ability to suffer as much or more than the other it's just whether you're willing to that's something that is very sought after in our industry Mm -hmm. as far as racing goes because these companies they invest a lot of money for you to be the guy you know and it's they want to win yeah they're not doing all this to to mess around or just to show up i mean they need somebody that wants it just as bad, if not more, you know, and, and you can kind of see that, you know, it's easy for all of it. It'd be easy for me to say I want it, you know, but I ain't the one lining up. You yeah, know? yeah. And so watching somebody get after it, it's always, it's exciting. And that was something when I first came to the races, um, uh, you were subbing in on Geico, I believe it was, it was in 2017. And I remember going in and watching practice. And from the that practice, which was my first race, all the way to present day, 
I've never told you this, but you were always the guy that I would watch because back in that time, it was all heart and the, the talent and skill and technique was catching up, you know, so you, you would, especially in Supercross. To say it nicely. <laughs> yeah, you would go out there and, and you'd be blowing yourself sideways and, and still somehow finish your rhythm section and, and come out with a pretty decent time. And it was always impressive because you, you would you would have a catastrophic mistake somehow stay on the bike next lap be your fastest lap and it was like it never phased you and and, and it was something that we laugh about it now but but back then it was impressive because it's like that's a guy that wants it right there you Mm -hmm. know and and when you you've you've had a pretty crazy journey you know on your pro site or at least in supercross you know with rides and and whatnot but i always remember thinking myself like everything that you've got it's for sure been earned, you know, like you, you for sure work for it. And that's just, I got to tip the hat to that kind of stuff, you know, because it's something that, uh, it's something to appreciate for sure. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that because, yeah, it didn't didn't come easy for, for myself. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it comes easy for any of us, right? Like any anyone that's lining up on that gate um, in the main event, they've worked for it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Wh- whether whether they were an extremely successful amateur or not um i'm i mean i trained with adam Cincerillo and he was probably one of the the best amateurs of all time right the most sought after guy ever coming into a pro career and you could say that that guy had so much handed to him but he didn't get it handed to him right like imagine being in his shoes as a 12 year old going to loretta's and it's like you better win all six of these motos or else like you're a 12 year old kid you know so yeah. like there's so many different i think perspectives of tough times and um i appreciate the way my um my career has gone and, and the way i've i've earned it and but i still do believe that everyone earns it in a different way and um i don't think any of us you know make a living riding a dirt bike because of luck or because of um yeah, just not earning it. So, uh, but yeah, the way I feel like I've earned it was just um, always do whatever whatever I possibly can or whatever I feel like is the very most um, amount of work or or the the you know the very best to be. And sometimes maybe in the past that um, I've been a little bit wrong about which areas to go as much as I can in right. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm still learning. I'm not, you know, the best I can possibly be, and I'm not the best best guy in the world, or can't win every race yet. So we still have things to work for and things to get better at. Important to to stay studious like that of of the discipline, where uh, there's a lot of times where eh, I won't say it's common to see sometimes where if there's an issue with the bike or an issue with this or that, it's easy to project shortcomings on anything but yourself but then to come in with an open mind and and how could i be better you know whether you're right or wrong like you said for what you're trying to work on it's always finding a way to be better and and hold yourself accountable it's a it's a super good quality yeah i mean totally i think that um there's a lot of moving parts in what we do and um there's a lot of things that you can blame right if things aren't going great um the hardest thing is to blame is yourself and especially when you work as hard as we do um it's pretty hard to to uh 
except that if something doesn't go right, it's your fault. But 99% of the time, um, you make your own luck and whether it's the bike to blame or not. So, you know, if your bike's not good on Saturday and you're upset about that, uh, who tested that bike on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, (laughs) right? Like it's you. And, um, so yeah, there's times where your bike might not be perfect, but at the same time, um, you got to look in the mirror. Right. And so I think that's kind of, uh, something that I kind of enjoy about what we do too, right. Is to be able to dissect the bike and yourself and really come together with a team and group of guys who all want the same thing and, and want success for yourself or for, you know, obviously our crew chiefs and our managers and our owners and everyone, they're after the same goal and they've hired you to do the same job as that you want to do. And so it's pretty fun to, I enjoy that process and, um, yeah, it's cool. And it's really fun when, when it, when it works out. Yeah. That's what my coach used to always tell me that growing up, you have all this preparation and work. He's like, this ain't fun. None of this is fun. You know, what's fun winning. Mm-hmm. So go out there and win in front of everybody that's watching. You get your hand raised. All right. You who all good. 10 seconds. All right. Now get back to work. Yep. <laughs> that's what we always put our work in for. Yeah, totally. That's, um, that's fun stuff. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I couldn't imagine just sitting on top of a box. You have your moment, whether it's microphone in your face on TV or or right there in that moment in the stadium and the energy from everybody after whatever they've witnessed. You know, that it's so foreign to me, but to yeah. watch you guys, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, it makes... Um, and I, I don't even think it's just the... It's not the, you know, the microphone or the, the the people that, I mean, the fans are amazing, right? We we love to have the fans, but it's more so the, the feeling of success, the feeling of that you've done how many hours in the off season or how many hours during the week and down to eating, right? It's, it's your whole life. And then it all pays off in that little moment. And it's, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot of simulation and especially when, it's your first time or when it's when you haven't done it a whole lot and that's um it all it, all the years it's worth it right there just yeah. for that little bit you know this little so, taste yep exactly <laughs> and then then nothing but that's good enough and then you know as as human nature or competitive nature especially as a professional athlete it's always what's next it's um you know it's you enjoy it for what it is and then for me it's on to the next goal or you know to achieve that goal again and um that's what i love about what we do that you can never be too good or you can never you you can never stop yeah you know because the next guy's on his way up you could always be better yeah always and there's no matter what there's a there's a little macadoo running around somewhere (laughs) yep eating corn or pulling them off exactly off the stock and yeah and waiting to just take your spot ready to take your job yeah absolutely would you say that uh do you do you manifest a bunch of confidence from your your preparation so like your off season work or things like that like what what gives you confidence rolling up to a weekend oh man there's there's so many different things um before you go racing i think it's um the the amount of accountability you hold to yourself every single day every morning um 
every session, just everything together. If if you if you really hold yourself totally accountable for it and truly be the best you can be each time, then um, there's a certain sense of confidence and calmness going to the beginning to where like no matter what the result is, you know that that's the best version of you. And yeah. that's for me. That's what you know. I chase is as long as I know the best version of myself shows up, then that's all you can. That's all you can ask for. Whatever the result is, and um, I'm. I know that no matter what, I'll always give my my best foot forward. And uh, yeah, sometimes it doesn't go exactly how you want it to go. But um, and, and that's tough. And I can't sit here and be like, "Oh yeah, I have a bad night," and I just I go home and I'm like, "Yep, that was I did my best, so I'm happy." No, that's not how it works. But um, and the whole grand scheme of things, I think just life in general. Uh, if you put your best foot forward, like that's really all you can ask of yourself. Yeah, that's all you could do. Yeah. <laughs> so when you start off, you, you said you wanted to start riding because your sister yep. was riding. Where did did you start off racing? Was it you know years after that or right out the gate or probably I don't know. My first race was maybe a year after I started riding, but very local level. Yeah, um, yeah. just you know back in Iowa, like little fair races or whatever and and then we got a little bit more serious here and there and did some arena cross stuff in 50s and and uh yeah then we decided we we're gonna try for loretta's and i think at my area qualifier i got 20 something place and that's just to qualify for your regional yeah and so um that was kind of like a reality check like wow man like these kids are really good <laughs> at what yeah. they do right and um but yeah, so like it just kind of it all started there and, and got more serious and then a little bit less serious and I mean up and down. And then my sister, you know, decided to go into the Navy when she was 17. So I was 13. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I there was a year or two that I didn't even really race much at all and just was kind of, I don't know, whatever. I just rode and had fun. And yeah. that's kind of what we did it for all along. And, I mean, it kept my sister and I out of trouble. My parents loved it, mm. you know. And um, when I was 16, I always, like, I always wanted to get homeschooled and, and go down south and race, right, and be, and try doing something with it. And my mom was like, yeah, no chance. Like, you're going to school. You're going to, you're going to be a smart kid. Like, you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, it was so out there that. It didn't really – it wasn't realistic and, you know, my mom wasn't going to send me down something that I wasn't going to be able to do. But then um, I raced many O's that year that I was – I think I was 15 at the time. And my, I did okay, like pretty decent and something. You know, my dad was always down to try that route. And my mom was like, yeah, um, told me one day I was down in my basement I got a road bike for Christmas that year and a trainer and I was just cycling for <laughs> for I don't know what I don't know why I was training I was Staying just ready yeah right and, I mean I went to high school and stuff and yeah. she was like pick a training facility um at the end of the school year you're like you're, you can head somewhere we're gonna give you a year and I was like what for real like you know going into my junior year of high school yeah and she's like yep so I picked Club MX and 
went there for what I thought was going to be a year, and here I am now. Yeah, which is a freaking sweet facility, too. Yeah. Some of the best tracks you could get seat time on. Totally. And a totally. lot of hammerheads there, too. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. So then, so right around that age, so what what is that? That's like 15, 17? Yeah, 15, 16? I, I moved there when I was 16, mm-hmm. and that was 2014. That's about the right age to to find out. Yeah. I always tell, tell parents that because... They, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, we see a guy like AC, like to your point, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of pressure growing up, you know, the whole way through. But that's totally. one guy that that succeeded and is still trying to make his bones. You know, you look at him in the 450 class; he, he's not scared, but it's still a little bit of a rough go. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's out there searching for more success, but there's a lot of guys that get that at a young age and, and they crack or they 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 can't do anything with it but i always would like to think in my mind right around adolescence you know kid goes through puberty mm-hmm. or something you never know what you're you're gonna have you know it could go this way or that way totally and, and if you have a kid that wants it but physically he doesn't have it right around puberty you start seeing okay you know now now they're now everything's firing on all cylinders and and uh it, it, you see a a lot of times there's a big jump or a big spike in their their performance yeah yeah and i mean when i moved to club i was already racing a class and i mean i was a 20th place guy at loretta's Mm -hmm. in the a class and then i just worked and worked and worked and worked and and uh my last year of amateur it was 2016 and i was battling for championships and I, I never even actually won a championship but i was a top three or top five guy yeah and just would do whatever i could and and then um yeah i turned pro in 2017 and then just kind of i, I started with moto concepts yeah. they gave me a an opportunity to race east coast supercross in 2017 and then um partially way through that year geico reached out and wanted to do a fill-in deal for that year and uh, Mike Genova, the owner of MCR, told them that the only way that he would let me out of my contract was if they gave me a full year in 2018, too. So that's that was my first deal with Geico. I, I raced 2017, and I had a full 2018-year deal. What a freaking solid move by Mike. Right yeah, there. yeah, that yeah. was that was super cool, and, and he knew that that was the best thing for me. And yeah. that was really cool of him. You know, that was awesome. And, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go the way i wanted it to or the way it could have or what i thought should have gone for that time 2017 and 18 i had some injuries and so on and then i lost my ride like that's the end of the you know that's bottom line i i lost my ride at geico and so 2018 off season i i bought a 450 from them and i was just gonna figure it out and continue training and stay ready and that off season i Went to Australia, raced Ozex Open for uh, Yuriv Konsky. The uh, he was actually Brayton ra- raced for him at the time, mm-hmm. and still does now to this day. Muck off Honda, and uh, Justin Brayton and I are really close. And and I raced Australia, I raced Geneva, I raced um, Bercy, I raced all these off season races, and then um, just to continue racing and keep myself out there. And then two thousand um, that winter what was it right around christmas time i got a call from geico that they needed a filling guy for 
2019 Supercross. Mm-hmm. So I took that deal, moved to California, and then raced the whole Supercross season. I ended up fifth in the series, um, podium in the last round in Vegas. Was by far my best best racing to date, and then I didn't have anything for outdoors yet. So at the, after the first three rounds of outdoors, um, I filled in for Troy Designs KTM mm-hmm. and uh, raced the outdoor season for them, and had some you know pretty decent results here and there, and and had you know I guess proved myself well enough that uh, I signed with Pro Circuit Kawasaki for the 2020 season, and then. Um, I had some, you know, ups and downs through 2020, had some good showings and some not so good ones, but, um, yeah, the team believed in me and stuck behind me and gave me, you know, another opportunity. And here we are in 2021. That's awesome. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed when you started at pro circuit, uh, it seemed like there was bigger or the, the more, uh, noticeable differences in your your riding where where you started to kind of smooth out a little bit you know even even in recent races i've seen where uh during practice you still kind of go old school cam you know facing everything the first lap and then uh but the rest of the show or if you look at the, each session you you're smoother and smoother which is really really good but i always was curious like if that's something that uh the coaching around you or or if you're just kind of taking a deep breath every time you go out there yeah i mean um i work with nick way now Mm -hmm. Uh, i started working with him when i signed for pro circuit in 2020 so that's um been a big big help for me Mm -hmm. he's uh he understands that i'll do whatever it takes yeah (laughs) and sometimes that's uh not the best thing for me yeah so um yeah he's really helped me with you know riding the motorcycle properly and breaking a track down properly and and uh the whole process of it so yeah it's um i wake up on saturday mornings a lot more confident headed to the track without seeing it that you know i'm fine <laughs> yeah i'm not uh, yeah i think that even this year especially I, I feel a lot more calm um you know, I don't get wound up in practice. I feel like I can execute properly, and um, that's a fun feeling. So, yeah, it, it took years, and and I'm still learning, like I said. But, uh, yeah, in the past, I've I've had some moments, and I still do. <laughs> yeah. Not as often, though. Yeah, not, not as often. Would. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's always cool to see someone uh, as they progress in the sport, you know, clean things up or get better it's, yeah it's amazing aside from riding growing up did you you said you, you and your family would have quite a bit of fun was there ever um did you ever mess around with any other sports or was there always a moto thing or um i played hockey when i was quite a bit younger mm-hmm. um i think when i was three to like five and uh my sister played hockey as well i kind of always wanted to do what my sister did she was four years older than me looked up to her i still do to this day um but so yeah, we played hockey a little bit, and then it was to the point where it was like hockey or motocross. We can't afford both. Yeah, and uh, my sister and I obviously picked the uh, more expensive route with dirt bikes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we did that, and I mean, we fished, we hunted, we rode bikes, but no, no school sports. Um, I never played any school sports or anything like that. 
It's more like activities and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. We grew up on an acreage and just did fun stuff that, you know, whatever, whatever was fun, running around with BB guns or <laughs> whatever. So, yeah, it was pretty... Uh, were you and her pretty tight growing up? Yeah, very. Yeah, we were... We still are. We live together now. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were really tight growing up. She uh, She was kind of played the big sister role more than just a big sister though i guess almost big brother too she <laughs> beat people up for me or whatever <laughs> so uh yeah like we were extremely tight and uh yeah she actually just this past year got stationed in san diego on the aircraft carrier there she's been in washington for the past seven years so we we bought a house together and and because i'm i live in lived in marietta area and yeah. you know by the that's where i'm at right now so we were both pretty close to the same area and yeah so we live together now we're that's cool so we've always been really close and and uh yeah like i said it was always if Mackenzie thought it was cool then i thought it was cool that's rad yeah yeah i had an older sister or i still have an older sister but when i was growing up uh she's seven years older than me so i i she would do everything from dress me up put makeup on me and then beat me up and just like all yeah. this stuff and i never had nothing for her until i was like oh jeez not until high school yeah she she tortured me but then yeah. but we but it was one of those deals where anything she was doing i always wanted to do it too for sure have her friends over i'd want to go hang out and stuff all casual yep yeah uh, and that's uh yeah i mean still to this day um I think if my sister and I got into it, no, I don't think I know if my sister and I got into it, um, she still got me covered. <laughs> she, she beat me up growing up and, and, uh, we fought like crazy, but we loved each other like crazy too. Yeah. So yeah, there's nothing like that. But no. was she, uh, mine when I first, uh, got out of high school, got out of the house, I lived with her for a little while and they, they, her and her, her uh, her husband, they, they did a lot of amazing things for me. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it gives me, it, it's one of those weird things where it's immediate family enough to where they make sure you don't do anything stupid, but also close enough in age to kind of let you figure it out. Yeah. You know? It's really, yeah. really good. It's probably one of the best things for me yeah. for sure. Totally. That's cool. And then has she, does she attend any of your races or anything or? Um, yeah, she comes to a few of them when she yeah. can. Um, she lived in, near seattle so she would always go to seattle supercross and um washugo she'd fly to san diego to do that one because it's a military race and yeah um yeah as many as she can i mean obviously this year we're not racing california but next year if we have all the anaheim rounds and stuff she'll be at all those because it's local and yeah so yeah she comes to some of them that's cool did did she take racing pretty serious in her time too or yeah i mean up until i was on a 85 she was faster than me you know she <laughs> she qualified for Loretta's way easier than I did and she was she was really good um but I think um she realized and kind of knew that there was no no future for her in the sport you know yeah. and um she got hurt a few times pretty decently and, and I think that was about it for her she was like I'm over this yeah so um and she always wanted to be in the military growing up. That's what she wanted to do. She had Marine posters in her room. And, That's rad. Yep. So she she did what she wanted to do. Well, she sounds like this country's lucky to to have her. Yeah. Man. Yeah, exactly. Holy cow. 
Did you have uh, did you bounce off the ground quite a bit growing up, or, um, or have any crazy injuries, or just? Yeah, I mean nothing crazy. Obviously, we all have a little stuff here and there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I crashed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out how to save crashes a yeah. lot, but um, yeah, I mean I, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing bad. Yeah. Well, I know that you guys got to get to dinner pretty quick here. Yeah, so. here in a little bit. So. Get this wrapped up because I know it's, today's got to be a short one. Yep. And then uh, we'll fit, find a time, maybe try and do it again sometime. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to even do this. This was like super rad. I gotta, yeah, for sure. And being patient while I work out the kinks, I got to work on the the little wires and stuff we got running around here. Yeah, but, totally. Anyways, well, we'll call it. Heck yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, dude.